Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is Hump Day. Hump Day. Yes, yes, yes. It is indeedy, and I'm super excited to be here with you guys tonight. Actually, tonight is Friday night for me. I'm actually heading down to uh, New Orleans uh, tomorrow morning. I'll tell you a little bit more about that. Later on in the show, got a great show for you guys tonight, jam-packed, first time on the Andrea K. Show tonight, the beautiful, the vivacious, the go-getter herself, Kimberly Klasick, who just took America by storm when she did after Elijah Cummins, uh, after his passing, she ran uh, in that district for Congress, didn't win the seat, but man, she won the hearts and minds of many conservatives across the country. And she's going to be here talking about the rise of black crime, uh, the rise in crime in black neighborhoods, and how it's an opportunity for us to increase uh, the black vote. And she started a pack, and she's going to be here to talk about that. It's Wednesday, so that means Elhoff is going to be here. Hmm, did the Biden administration, this is my question for Elhoff, did the Biden administration just unleash on Friday a plan to seize control of your retirement accounts in the name of climate change? We're going to ask Elhoff himself. 888-344-1170 if there's anything on your mind. Uh, before Today is not just hump day. I almost forgot. To wish y'all happy International Pronoun Day. Yes, it is. And uh, I'm going to bring in my man here. I'm not going to. I'm not going to identify him with a pronoun. I'm going to leave that up to him. I, how dare I uh, assume which pronoun he? See, I almost did it. I, how dare I assume the pronoun for this individual? I will let this individual claim and declare whatever pronoun this individual thinks is accurate. I'm talking about. DJ Potato Skins. I have my veto pen drawn and ready, and I have only one thing to say. Go ahead. DJ Potato Skins. All I can say is here on the Andrea K Show, we follow the science, so uh, go with your gut. You're probably right. Yes, absolutely. We uh, we follow the grammatically correct uh, pronouns to use because the grammar and the grammatically correct pronouns to use, whether we're talking English uh, en français, whether we're talking Espanol, uh, there is he and there is her that is attached to genders. That is grammatically correct because it's based on what is scientifically correct. But if I were to decide to participate in this, and I said this today, by the way, um, I had a great time. I want to thank everybody before I forget at the uh, Point Loma Republican Women's Group today. I had a great time hanging out with them as well as Coronado Mayor Richard Bailey, who's running for Congress. And I said to them, if I must participate in this, the other pronoun that I would be willing to go by is hashtag grits. And that's not a food. FYI, grits stands for girls raised in Tiger Stadium. So, yes, I actually have a T-shirt with with grits on it. Um, Seriously, though, on a serious tip, the Syracuse University... Uh, put out today uh, instructions uh, on how to n- how to avoid misgendering people. That uh, gendering uh, misgendering is a human rights violation, and they gave instructions to students. I know I usually talk in my education segments on Fridays, but I'm not going to be here Friday. The um, there is instructions from Syracuse on how to avoid this massive human rights violation of daring to use a grammatically and scientifically correct gender based pronoun for an individual. There's instructions there. And I got to thinking today, 
we've really come full circle, right? I mean, this was this was supposed to be about wanting seeking tolerance, right? That's when this movement started, the LBGT movement, which was you know now LBGTQXY can't even keep up with it the way they're slicing and dicing this. Initially, it was about seeking tolerance. Then it became about validation and demanding validation in the form of you must agree with what I'm saying or you're a bigot. Now it's forced participation. There must be discrimination lawsuits on this because when you are forcing somebody to say words that are part of a political belief system or in any sense, you are violating people's constitutional rights. And I've said to my LBGT friends, of which I do have LBGT friends, I said, look, your movement is not about civil rights for yourself. It's not about civil rights at all when it involves the denial of somebody else's civil rights. Why should I be forced to use some pronoun you want used? Why should I be forced to say anything? If you don't like what I have to say, don't listen to me. Don't be friends with me. Don't follow me on Facebook. Right? This is, this is discrimination. Right? This is unequal treatment under the guise of equality. And that's what, quote, liberalism is about, because it's not really about liberalism. Liberalism is where, you know, uh, liberty goes to die, right? This is about pick your ism, fascism. Somebody said to me today, well, we need to be focused on using the fascist word versus communism word. I, I don't know. I disagree with that. I think we get we get mired down if if we get sucked into these. Um, these very specific definitions, and that's what they want us to do, right? They want us to get sucked into, well, you're not really, you're, this isn't communism because it's not exactly the way Karl Marx wrote it. I don't care whether it's exact or not, right? I mean, if you're thrown in a gulag, do you care whether or not that gulag is accurate, you know, is, is accurately described or whatever? You know, it, it do- doesn't make sense to me. So pick your ism, whether it's communism, fascism, totalitarianism, authoritarianism, it's an ism. And it's bad. And it's contrary to the U.S. Constitution. That's what matters. In the follow-up category tonight, I, you know, I don't usually do a follow-up story in the open, but I, we've been seeing pushback. And what we've needed to see, one of the things I mentioned today in my speech, I put it out there to you guys last night, what should I talk about? And I talked about, um, I did a riff and basically summarized and discussed two women, because I was speaking at a women's group, two women who were courageous this week. One was Barry Weiss, who was forced out from the New York Times, a liberal writer. And the other was Xi Van Fleet, who was a former Chinese communist, uh, former Chinese citizen who spoke to the Loudoun County public schools. And she talked about how this is what we are facing now is an, is an America an, an American version of Mao's communist revolution. That's exactly what is going on in this country. And it doesn't have to look exactly the same. It's similar enough as to what's going on. And we are here, and Barry Weiss, spelled B-A-R-I, she accurately said that what's going on in this country right now is is because we have been, we've been coward, cowardly. Cowardice has led us to be here. And only courage is going to turn this around. And we must be courageous. And so hat tip today, and we're getting, so it's, it's a show of courage that we saw in Seattle, so many firefighters that left their boots on City Hall and walked away. For firefighters and, and first responders, many of them, it's like a calling, right? It's almost like going into the ministry, right? Here's an act of courage today that I think that um, we need to celebrate, and it's this uh, Washington State football coach, Nick 
Rolovich, I mean, dude was making $3 million a year and walked away from it because uh, it he had asked for a religious exemption to the shot, and he didn't get it. He was fired anyway. He was told that even if he had gotten the religious exemption, he was going to be booted anyway. He has announced to his attorney today he's filing a lawsuit. He's not just walking away. He's not just going, okay, I've made my choice. Because, see, that's what the left wants to do. Well, you've got a choice. No, you're not giving me a choice. It's not a choice when I either have to do something that is against my religion and against my constitutional rights or give up my job. That's not a choice. Do you want to eat the poison or do you want to take the bullet in the the temple? Uh, You know, that's not a choice. Right? Don't pretend that this is about individual liberty and individual freedom. It's not. Right? Um, Southwest Airlines officially announced today, uh, or maybe it was yesterday, so that was a win. We're getting some wins here, and we need to celebrate those. We need to stand up for those that are that are standing up for all of us, and we need to be willing to accept some, some sacrifice and maybe a little discomfort ourselves in the process. Um, because this is really, that we, we are literally at a fork in the road. Aren't we skins? Don't you yeah, see that? That's where we're at. Other. There is no there is for freedom. There is no middle ground. Right, and we need to celebrate the individuals and the organizations that are standing up, like In and Out, that said, "I'm going to shut down my restaurants. You're not going to turn me into the into the the jab police. I'm not I having so it. many good things about their company. Plus, I have family that works for them, and who they will remain remain nameless. But the way they run their company is is just it's it's outstanding. Well, you know, they're a Christian organization, and so I'm pleased to see that, uh, you know, this Christian, you know, uh, restaurant chain, I'm not sure what Chick-fil-A is doing or if they're in an, in a situation to where maybe you could Google that on the break. I'd be curious to see if they're uh, headquartered somewhere to where they're facing these these vax mandates and what's going on with them. I'd be curious. Jonathan Copel, I think, is the school teacher out of my old stomping grounds, um, St. Tammany Parish, Slidell. He tweeted out today, he's become high profile as he's pushed back against, on behalf of children in in school districts, against CRT and the masking and all that. And he tweeted out today something really important. He said, in and out has shown more courage than most of the pastors across this country. We need need courage from the Christian community. Stand up for for your congregations. Stand up for your congregation. Stand up for the Lord. Because what is going on here is about replacement of God with state. This isn't about science. And every ounce of every moment of capitulation has put us in a precipice to be in a really, really dark uh, situation. Um, we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to bring in the one and only Kimberly Klasick. I think it's a good way to transition because there's a breaking news on the election front because, you know, the pushback is working. So what are the Dems going to be trying to do? They're going to be trying to seize control of our of our election so that no matter what you do, you don't have a voice. Right. So we're going to talk about that and more with Kimberly Klasick on the other side of the break. Bringing you 21st century common sense. It's the Andrea K Show. Connect with the show at OurFreeNation.org. AK, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. I'm super excited to have this guest with us. Y'all know who she is because her video that she put out 
um, for her district in Baltimore just went viral right away. And not just because she's absolutely stunning and and beautiful and charismatic, but because of the images of what she portrayed of the reality of Baltimore after decades of an an African-American congressman doing absolutely nothing to help the people of Baltimore. And it was absolutely outrageous. She ended up not taking the seat. But as I said earlier, she did win the hearts and minds of many of Americans. And she's not going to going to stop using her voice and her incredible charisma to help move the cause forward for conservatism in America, as well as in black communities. And she joins me now to discuss. Of course, I'm talking about the one and only Kim Klasick. Welcome to the Andrea Kay Show, Miss Klasick. Hey, Andrea, thank you so much for having me. That's quite an intro there. I appreciate it. Well, you certainly deserve it. Um, Wow. Okay, so it didn't take long after we're coming off of four years of the Trump administration in which African-Americans' lives were for the first time improved in in many years, lowest unemployment in the history of uh, the country, Um, new business startups thanks to opportunity zones and and, uh, tax and regulation policies that made it possible for new business ownership for for African-Americans and just, you know, um, those that were not uh, entrepreneurs, um, you know, getting bonuses and upward mobility. Um, We had crime uh, on the downtrend in this country. Now, here we are. We've got inflation out the hoo-ha, you know, empty shelves. And most importantly, we've got crime skyrocketing across this country, but especially when crime skyrockets. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, Kimberly Klasick, but it's almost always in the worst possible, uh, you know, um, communities uh, for people of color. Yes. No, it's always like that, and, and that's something that I pointed out in that uh, campaign ad that I had. You know, one of the questions was, you know, name a blue city where lives are for black people, and I say, try, I'll wait, because, you know, over 50 years, especially in Baltimore, uh, it has just gone on a downward spiral. And as you mentioned earlier, uh, Baltimore has been represented for 60 years uh, by African Americans in Congress. And so, you know, it is not anything that has to do with racism. I know that's like a hot topic these days. Uh, but, you know, this has to do with the fact that we've got people in Congress that, that do not care. Uh, they neglect these communities, and there's a lot of corruption going on, not to say that plainly. Uh, we've had millions of dollars come into the Baltimore area, especially in 2015 after the riots uh, when we had the death of Freddie Gray. Mm-hmm. And people still don't know where that money went. You know, it's 2021, and that money still has not hit the ground. So we have the same problem. Uh, the only thing is different now is our, our homicide rate is higher than it was. Uh, we hit over 275 homicides, we're over 600 non-fatal shootings. And then right now, our, our Baltimore City High School students, believe it or not, uh, have a 41% has a 1.0 GPA or lower. Wow. Uh, so we're not even kids with the third highest per pupil spending budget in the country. This is just absolutely uh, horrifying that this is going on in Baltimore in the United States of America. And, uh, and of course, we don't have the mainstream media giving any of those stats, right? I mean, ju- just like they're saying that the supply chain issues is just shows just how amazing the economy is. And don't look to the border. There's no problem with the border. There's no crisis. I mean, they're just hiding the truth. Um, what is behind the crime? We know that we've got a crime rising in California out here. Um, one of the reasons why is because it's now you're not going to be prosecuted if you run into TJ Maxx and grab $900 worth of clothes. We know that they've let all these bad guys out onto the streets, uh, and, and prisoners and sex offenders and beyond. 
um, as, as well as policies that have to do with um, not not arresting and, and dealing and handing over illegals that are committing crimes. What's behind the spike in, of, of this kind of murder rate and, and violent crime in Baltimore? What's behind it? I think you can directly correlate it with the fact that we have a progressive state's attorney and a progressive uh, mayor, Brandon Scott. Our state's attorney, she is the worst. Marilyn Mosby, I think you know, some people yeah. might have heard her name. Uh, she stepped onto the scene in 2015, uh, you know, right as the riot started in, in the uh, Freddie Gray in the West Baltimore area, and she was charging with six cops with their death, or with his death, excuse me. And from there, people kind of fell in love with her because they thought, oh, she's going to hold the police accountable. Now, I do agree that we need some kind of police reform. I don't think anyone would say that we don't. Uh, but defunding the police is what we did here. We defunded them by $22 million. Now, anybody with a brain can say, police reform, you're going to need more funding, right? If you want better training, if you want you know, better equipment, uh, especially like the body cam, it's going to cost more money. You don't defund the police. And so we've had, basically, we had to refund the police this year by $28 million. And unfortunately, what we did is, you know, we already took the morale down in the police department. Mm -hmm. And we're actually sitting with, uh, basically, we're out 300 patrol officers on the streets, how much we're down right now. So our police commissioner has actually asked uh, for federal resources. He has not got them as of yet. And, of course, the guy I ran against, Congressman Kwayesi Mfume, uh, he's nowhere to be found. You know, if, if someone's asking for federal resources, especially the police commissioner, you would think that he would get involved and try to help. Uh, but he has not done anything. So, again, we've got progressive state attorneys, progressive mayor, um, lots of plea deals, and we've got violent repeat offenders on the streets uh, 24-7. Well, and we're seeing this also in Chicago. Um, we're seeing this in uh, Minneapolis. I mean, that, you know, uh, the, the Minneapolis the situation with George Floyd and that crap weasel Chauvin, who shouldn't have, shouldn't have been a cop, he should have been removed from the force a long time before that incident that happened. Uh, that Democrat-run cities, right? These are all Democrat-run cities. Same same way uh, New Orleans, where I come from, you know, from the, the was which was the murder capital for many years, all run by Democrats, right? Um, what's the and right now I see the defund the police happening in the form of trying to trying to uh, the losing whatever percentage depending on the city of their police force by with these force mandates on cops. So now we've got police officers and fire uh, firemen and and women across the country saying I'm not going to take I'm not going to be forced to take this jab and that's a way and that's a perfect way for the for the Democrats to defund the police defund fund law enforcement leave the cities in chaos. And with rising crime and, and, all, and all kinds of issues there, it's, that's the perfect win for the Democrats. Is that happening in Baltimore in terms of these mandates? Absolutely. And we have lots of people trying to leave the force now. Uh, it's very sad because, you know, not too long ago, these were the individuals that we were calling heroes, right? They were the essential workers. They were the ones on the front line during the pandemic when we had no idea what COVID would do to the body. Uh, but they were still out there trying to do their job. And now we've gone and done a complete 180, and we're actually telling them what they should be doing with their bodies when all along, I mean, think about it, nobody was vaccinated when they were out there fighting crime before or, you know, putting out house fires or the nurses on the front line. Um, so now it's like, you know, we're trying to vilify them even more. And, you know, all that does is just really take a toll on areas like Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we're already down on patrol officers. We're going to be down even further and, you know, I don't know if we mentioned already the bail reform situation that we have in New York City. 
Um, but in Baltimore City, they're talking about bail reform here. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that does is allow these offenders, they call it nonviolent crimes, these offenders that are robbing people or doing whatever, you know, they're just right back on the streets. And then their crime that they do, it usually escalates, right? So it might mm-hmm. start out as a, a carjacking, and then it's an armed right. carjacking, and then somebody gets shot. And then it's like, oh, wait, we should have locked this guy up, you know, a long time ago. Um, so this is, again, progressive policies are mm-hmm. really, really hurting us. And I think is and I think is by design, right? They know the damage that's going to be inflicted on these citizens if uh, the police forces are reduced and and the first responders and and fire departments are, are reduced. And I just have to say, these are the people, these cops and these firemen. These are the people that that put their lives on the line every day, and they choose to do so, right? I mean, it's the firemen who go into a burning your burning home to try to get your pets out and your loved ones out, and yet the 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 Democrat governor uh, uh, government at whatever level thinks that they've got the right to tell these people what choices they should be able to make about their lives they make choices all day long to put their lives at risk for the american people it's absolutely stupid and and, and monumentally outrageous that they're trying to tell these first responders what they should do um, with these jabs um we haven't talked about and i want to touch on it briefly before i talk about your red renaissance pack um one of the things you mentioned new york i i I saw an ad from somebody who's running for office up there an African-American gentleman, I was on, he was on, I was on Newsmax with him. I don't remember his name. And I wasn't aware of exactly how many African-Americans still are refusing the shot up in New York. And if, for obvious reasons, because of what happened with the, the, you know, the experiments that were done on the, on the black community, the, the racism involved in this, Kimberly Clasic, because uh, to, to put African-Americans in a position where they, they've either got to do something that they find frightening and don't want to do or not be allowed to participate in society is is absolutely shocking and racist at its core isn't it yeah i absolutely agree with that i mean you know it's interesting not just the the tuskegee experiment in alabama but i have to say you know for us you know in the black community we have a trusted government for a very long time and, and for many reasons and it's interesting because they tell us you know don't trust the government when president trump or republicans in office but do trust the government mm-hmm. when you have Joe Biden or any Democrat in office. And it's so interesting because, you know, they want people to be government dependent, uh, but only when there's a Democrat in charge. And so, uh, you know, they push the narrative off. You know, I think there's a lot of people really waking up to it and saying, you know what, I'm not dealing with this anymore. I'm not believing it anymore. Um, in New York, believe it or not, we have a great candidate, Vanessa Simon. She's running for city council in District 31. Uh, and she's, um, I believe she's a Haitian-American, and she is really getting out there, grassroots, on the ground every single day, very conservative. We absolutely love her. But we, we have a lot of candidates that are running, uh, and they're running against the fact that, you know what, look, the government does not have, you know, your best interest at heart. It never has, and that's what we've always felt. And we should continue on that line and, and go towards the party of freedom. Well, that's what your PAC is all about. Tell everybody quickly about your PAC and, and, and how you're actually working to support uh, local candidates, because that's really what it's about. If we're going to continue to move the ball forward as conservatives in this country, we've got some leadership in the GOP that needs to go. The way we accomplish this is at the local level. Tell everybody how you're doing that. Yeah, uh, we actually did a, a new launch for our revamp website today, com. but we're supporting candidates across the country, uh, not just minorities, but many minorities. Uh, but these are candidates that are America first, anti-establishment, just wanting to represent the people. So we have a fire lieutenant, we've got teachers, we've got business owners, we have non-politicians 
running in their own community. So we're helping them raise money. We're helping raise their profile. Um, and, you know, it's been going very well. We're very happy about it. And I think, you know, honestly, there's so many people that are just so fed up uh, that they're just ready to get on board with something different, something new. Uh, this weekend I'll be in Florida supporting uh, Amanda Silvestri. She's running for school board. Uh, we have a woman running for the uh, judge of Lackawanna County in Pennsylvania. So, again, if people want to go to redrenaissance.com and just see all these great people that decided to just step up, throw their hat in the ring, uh, please go and do so. And we ask people to support them directly. You know, don't donate to the PAC. Don't right. donate to the R&D. Yeah directly to the candidate themselves. Well, God bless you that you are just continuing out there and using your voice and and, uh, fighting to get good people elected. And thank you for being here tonight. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Have a good night. All right. Now, y'all stay tuned because our buddy Dave Elhoff is going to be here. He's going to help us try to make some sense over these uh, new regulations coming about from the Biden administration that involves your retirement accounts and your ESG score. Stay tuned. The Andrea K. Show, strictly adhering to and preserving our First Amendment. Follow Andrea on OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea K. spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K. bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Oh, once again, I am right. I hate to tell you. No, actually, I'd love to tell you when I'm right. I was talking about these ESG scores when people had no idea what I was talking about and thought that maybe it was a new uh, sports channel on TV, which it is not. And as soon as I saw that the Biden administration, I think it was Friday, had put out their uh, roadmap to build an economy resilient to climate change impacts. I had to reach out to the man, the financial thought doctor himself, Dave Elhoff, and he is here to discuss. Back from Salt Lake City in his movie premiere, hello, financial thought doctor, Dave Elhoff. Hey, Kay, how are you? Well, I'm good. You sound a little hoarse, man. Did you just like uh, just chat everybody up at your movie premiere on the red carpet and lose your voice? (laughs) No, I'm not hoarse at all, but it was fabulous. I'll tell you what, it's a movie everyone's got to see. And it's going to be available through me. It's going to be available when? When was that? Through me. You're going to be able to see it. Everyone's got to see this movie. And there's a possibility I'm going to rent out a theater and offer it to people. But there's also other ways to see it. Blu-ray technology, DVD, and also through a link. But you got to go through me to get it. Well, good. Everybody should go through you to get it. It's it's a product that you um, you know are partly responsible for. So it's the baby boomer Absolutely. dilemma. Yeah, it's the baby and boomer it's dilemma. PH, and it's PhDs telling people how they solve their retirement dilemma. And you know what? Ninety nine percent of the people in retirement are failing. Ninety nine percent. Why is that? It's a big problem. And so people need to know what are the solutions. And that's what this movie will start to talk about. But I'll tell you what, AK, this stuff coming out of the Biden administration, you know what that means? It means people are putting their foot on your throat and choking you. Yep. 
Yeah. They're choking you with regulations and say, if you don't have a footprint that is acceptable to us, we're not going to support your business. That's exactly and what it is. Jobs? What jobs? Yeah. There are no jobs in that. No, this is the uh, this is all about regulations. Um, you can read it at uh, the WhiteHouse.gov briefing hyphen uh, room statement. It's the fact sheet for the Biden administration roadmap. You can just Google fact sheet. Uh, let me just give you a highlight here. Um, of course, of course, if this all started years ago, it was supposed to be uh, global warming, right? Then they had to change it to climate change when the global warming wasn't working so that they could say that every time there was a snowstorm, see climate change, right? Um, so now, now, it, right now it's extreme weather. Let me tell y'all, there has not been any more hurricanes happening in recent years than when I was a kid growing up. I mean, we always face We're always facing hurricanes. Um, so now it's extreme weather. Um, can you help me to understand why they're talking in here about how, uh, uh, and, and I quote, um, the Treasury Department's Federal Insurance Office, this is a part of, of addressing the roadmap addressing climate change, um, cl- is, is going to uh, launch a process to address climate change related risk in the insurance sector by making insurance available and affordable for traditionally underserved communities. That ain't got anything to do with weather. This is just an excuse for income redistribution and to control the insurance industry, right? You got it. You, you're you nailing it right on the head. It has nothing to do. It's so subjective, it's ridiculous. How are they going to say, okay, what climate change is going to affect people in different areas? Everyone's affected differently. Well, first of all, yeah, it's called weather. And you know what? If you don't want to live in an area, let me tell you, after Katrina, I had family that law in every area that was affected. Most were okay because they had insurance. Speaking of insurance, it's called responsibility, having responsibility for yourself and for your life if you're a homeowner, right? And and a cousin of mine, Louie, that didn't have proper insurance, didn't have the money to rebuild. And you know what? That's your responsibility when you choose to live in that area, right? If you choose to live in an area like Oklahoma or whatever that's subject to, or Iowa subject to flooding, or there's areas that are subject to tornadoes you know that's just your personal choice when we have landslides out here and people lose their homes fema doesn't step in and give any money for 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 dirt movement right so exactly they don't but yet there's all kinds of fema stuff in here um the most important one that i wanted to talk about that involves you is this blurb in here that i'm not sure i completely understand because they're always very vague in how they word things it has to do with retirement accounts specifically retirement accounts for those at, at, at that are through their job and what and i think it's because it's about control right if you're at home and you're you're managing your own money they can't they can't gain the control but it talks in here about how retirement account managers are to consider ESG scores in their investment decisions. I mean, tell me about that. They're going to include that in the score, and that's another one of those factors that how do you determine what the real risk is of climate, climate environment effects on your portfolio? I mean, it makes my job increasingly difficult And I'll tell you something, Nancy Pelosi over 10 years ago said, there's over $10 trillion in retirement accounts. We got to get our share of that somehow. 
and she's coming after your retirement accounts. Because I'll tell you something, even if they don't change anything, they're coming after your retirement accounts. Your retirement money is under attack the longer it sits there. Taxes, fees, regulations, and it goes on and on. All the different things that are eating your money before you even get a chance to get at it. And then if they change the tax laws and make the taxes higher, all the purpose of you deferring that tax into the future has been lost. Yes, yeah, it's completely lost, and it's only going to get worse. I mean, we're looking at what I heard today, $90 for a barrel of oil coming up soon. Um, they're, they are in no hurry to try to fix any supply chain issues. In fact, they're, they're, they're trying to tell us to lower, they're saying, uh, I think it was WAPO had an article out saying that uh, political pundits in the media need to be telling people to lower their expectations. I mean, they want economic anguish on the American people because then the American people will beg for more government help, which is never the solution. And this ESG score, what people need to understand, if you never heard me talk about it before, uh, I think Standards and Poor's or Moody's had already started implementing this for businesses four or five years ago. And it's a rating of businesses on, on how they do conduct themselves regarding the environment, which is the E, uh, social justice, which is the S, and the G is for governance. Um, how how are how are they dealing with those uh, those horrible racist white employees? Right? How are they dealing in terms of the workplace? In terms of making sure that they've got enough transgender people working there and in management? It's that kind of governance, right? Um, yeah. and, and, and it's a way to basically evaluate how woke a corporation is. And now with, with your retirement accounts, your ESG score is going to be based on whether or not they, first of all, they want the retirement account managers to be only investing in businesses that have a high ESG score. And then your own personal ESG score will be based upon that. That will affect your ability to get a loan. That will affect your ability to um, get an get an account somewhere, a credit card. What's your interest rate going to be on a credit card? So there's a long range plan to use these ESG scores against us. Uh, it does make your job difficult in terms of all these different regulations, and we know now the IRS is going to be looking at any uh, checking account that's got more. Any account's got more than six hundred dollars in it. What can people do? What can you do working with your clients, Elhoff, to help people in right now? All right. What has to happen is that people need to wake up, number one. And number two, what they need to do, they need to assess where they are right now. And they need to take a real realistic view of what's going on in the future. If interest rates are eventually going up, which the Fed say they are, and if inflation isn't transitory, and it is what it is at this rate, 5%. Supposedly, we're getting a 5.9% increase on cost of living adjustment for retirement from Social Security and some of these others. What does that do? It does nothing. If you take a look at the $90 barrel of oil situation, who's it hurt the most? It hurts the people that are on the edge, the middle class, and those that are quite at the middle class. And what they need to do, they need to reassess and say, okay, are you familiar with the velocity of money? 
Me? The velocity money is this. Here's how banks use it against us. They, you put money in a bank and they pay you nothing and then turn around and they put that money to work for a car loan. What's a car loan? Three, four percent. They pay you nothing, but they get three, four percent. That money comes in. You go and buy a car. The dealer pays off his inventory loan. They got the money back. They put it out on a mortgage. What's a mortgage? Three or four percent. They get that money back. The home builder puts the money back in the bank, and then they land it out on a credit card. What do they get on a credit card? Twelve percent or so, and maybe they end up paying off some other debt. That comes back to the bank. They got it to use it again. The bank is looking to get at least six or seven turns on the same dollar that we put in there. And what we need to do and what I specialize in is trying to turn the tables so that you get your dollar working more than one dollar. Gotcha. You get more turns on it. Gotcha. And it takes some analysis. It takes some real forward thinking. And you need to know that you very likely what you see is something different than what I see when I take a look at your finances. Because what you're doing now very likely is playing into their hands. Yeah. And that's what I specialize in is being able to show them what they're doing is not in their best interest. Well, you know, we it, it's we're I don't want to we are at a at a dark I don't want to say dark place. I don't want to say a crisis point. I don't want to scare people. What I want to mo- what I want to do is motivate people to pay attention that uh, the we're, oh. we are in troubling times economically and your money is your money is not working for you as well as it did a year ago. And we're all going to have to retire at some point and they are coming after our retirement funds and you you better get active and trying to figure out your financial situation and making the most of it and working with Elhoff because the situation isn't going to get any better on its own, right? At least not for now. Tell everybody how they can get a hold of you, Elhoff. Okay. The best way is you can text me at 619-548-0965, or you just email me, dave at elhoff.com, and I'll get you a packet out to get you started. And you'll be able to see, I'll send you a couple books, and I don't ask you to read the whole book. I'll give you a chapter to read. If it makes sense to you, then you might want to read the rest of the book. But it gets you started in the right direction. All right. He'll give you a little homework. He'll give you a little homework assignment, and maybe you'll pass it, and maybe you won't. <laughs> All right. All right, Elhoff, thank you so much. And uh, when are we going to know? You're going to be next week? You're going to tell us when we're going to be able to see the movie? Yeah, it, it's going to be available probably in the middle of November. They okay. have all this stuff to go through, but gotcha. I saw it, and I tell you, people, you got to see it. Well, we can't wait to see it. So don't. Right. I'm only going to let you tease it out so long, man, before I'm going to make you produce it. And uh, and actually get us to see it. No <laughs> talking problem, about, yeah, talking you, about girl. it ain't. Yeah, I love you too. Talking about it ain't getting it done, man. All right, we need yep. to see this movie. All right, thank you. Take good care. All right, stay tuned. We got a, a little update on uh, the election system and how they're going to work in San Diego when we come back. Stay tuned.
Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter and Instagram at Andrea K Show, spelled K-A-Y-E. And connect with her on OurFreeNation.org. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Well, we don't know, and follow up to Chick-fil-A, we don't know from a corporate standpoint what their position is, but we do know that they got their Franklin, Tennessee location has caught some heat because they got a sign up that says, we do not discriminate against unvaccinated, religion, race, sex, vaccinated, maskless, mask, all neighbors are welcome. So that's real uh, inclusivity there. Um, Elections. Okay, so the Democrats failed to um, get their election theft bill through Congress. And that's good news. The, the bad news is the Democrats are starting to uh, get some movement with some, some Democrats that may go along with getting rid of the filibuster and making it just uh, 51 votes needed to pass through what they want to do. Manchin had made some suggestions that he thought might get some some Republicans on board with him. So far, it hasn't happened, but he's likely to find some Republicans that are dopey enough to go along with centralizing elections in one way, shape, or form. And that's what I predicted early on, because we've got so many Republicans that just think that we just need to reach across the aisle and let's just all act like it's 1982 again, right? We are not dealing with the Democrat Party. We're dealing with communists, right? That's what's going on here. Um, update on uh, San Diego elections. There will no longer be, this is according to uh, NBC News San Diego, there's no longer going to be neighborhood precincts. If you want to vote in person, there's going to be 197 locations across San Diego County, and that's it. So um, the push is on uh, for mail-in absentee. I mean, clearly that's that's the gist there. And um, the Republican Party just has has let the Democrats just roll over them. It's been a slow creep, but this didn't happen overnight. Um, but, you know, we just, uh, you know, Trump Once was the elections only- are centralized. It's 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 over. Well, uh, you know, Trump was Trump was crying about these mail in ballots last year. You know, our good friend Tom Debacar and I had a disagreement on my show one time because he was like, no, absentee ballots are good because there's a process to checks and balances and see those uh, processes were thrown out the window, right? No verification of of uh, signatures. And uh, that's when the Pennsylvania Supreme Court stepped in and changed uh, the laws on um, when you could, how long they could be accepted and uh, we had the the deal cooked up them and and Malin in Pennsylvania. We had the deal cooked up in Georgia with Stacey Abrams. So uh, we got to get if we don't get control of our elections, then nothing's going to matter. Hey, I'm off Thursday and Friday, but y'all tune in. Great guest host for you guys. Great guest. Peace out. Love you all. See you Monday, six p.m. Pacific time. Yeah.